Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, where we share in the stories of former female athletes, connect on the transition out of sport, and create a space where the always an athlete tribe can come for connection and inspiration. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, founder of the Her Sports Story blog and podcast, and former competitive gymnast of 15 years to an athlete advocate professional. It makes my heart so happy to connect in and share these former female athlete stories. And I am so grateful and excited that you are here to join us. From entrepreneur to Olympic level athlete. Yep, that is Carrie Williams. Carrie is a former Olympic style boxer, Olympic level boxing coach, boxing club owner, creator of the brand Too Pretty and CEO of Boxing and Barbells, which is a class format that includes both boxing and weight training together in a super fun and easy to learn format. Pretty incredible, right? I had the most fun talking with Carrie. We talked everything from how her athlete life evolved to being an entrepreneur to how being an entrepreneur and being an athlete are very similar. She is just an inspiring woman that is on a mission to share her message and I can completely resonate with that. So thanks so much for tuning in to the Her Sports Story podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode with me and Carrie Williams. Carrie, thanks so much for being here today and for being a guest on the Her Sports Story podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So we got to connect, gosh, a couple months ago, it seems like, and I got to learn all things about your story, about <laughs> how you ev- really like evolved into this athlete and not only being an athlete, but being an entrepreneur. And it, it's an incredible story. But before we kind of dive into that, I would love for our audience to hear your top sports moment or your favorite sports moment that you just cherish and hold close to your heart. Ooh, uh, I would say in my training uh, for, uh, for my sport boxing, the moment when I was in the ring sparring and it was the first time that I had slipped a punch purposefully. Uh, and that was a really huge moment for me um, to be able to see something coming at you and, and kind of seeing it in slow motion and being able to react to it in the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to do and it takes a lot of work and a lot of repetition. And so I still remember like the swoosh that went by my head and, uh, it was pretty exhilarating. <laughs> oh, wow. So cool. And <laughs> I am so excited just personally to hear more about kind of the boxing world because for me, it's somewhat foreign. I mean, I have never taken any type of boxing classes I have watched the sport actually here and there, but I'm just, I'm looking forward to learning just as much as the Her Sports Story tribe is probably going to learn, <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll build some foundation. So let's start off with, you know, how this all kind of got started for you. Uh, you know, I was an entrepreneur before I was a boxer, so, <laughs> so awesome. I, yeah, it's super backwards. Uh, usually you're an athlete, you're a coach, and then you open a gym or you, you know, start training people. So I decided that I didn't want to work for, so I graduated with um, an environmental science degree, which is, of course I did. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, from Sac State. And I decided early on in my quote unquote career, of working for the government that it was not for me. 
and um, and that happened pretty quickly. Like you know, yeah, about a year in, I thought that I really wanted to be my own boss. I uh, had always had an entrepreneurial spirit, so you know, I were was making halter tops and selling them at the Grateful Dead concert. Um, you know, very long time ago. Right. And then, I mean, even as a child, I would climb the trees and get the mistletoe and bundle it up and sell it at Christmas. So. I really always just had that kind of spirit to be my own boss and make my own money and kind of be in control of, um, I guess in control of more of my destiny. And so I decided I wanted to, um, be an entrepreneur is like what an entrepreneur is, is you're kind of creating something that hasn't been done yet. So it's not just being a business owner, but it's actually doing something that hasn't been, uh, put out into the market or whatnot. I'm kind of an inventor, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that, um, I had a friend in high school that was a boxer and I, I do recall him saying, you know, I, I train at the boxing gym. There are people who want to come into the boxing gym, but they're not allowed to because they're not fighters. So like say the average person wanted to come and learn boxing, Mm -hmm. the coaches would say, no, you don't want to be a fighter. So hit the door. Uh, And I thought, wow, if there are people actually wanting to learn the sport, but nobody's giving them opportunity to do that, then I want to give them that opportunity. And I didn't know anything about boxing. (laughs) I knew nothing about fitness. I actually was not an athlete growing up. So for all of you out there who, you know, were not athletes growing up, it's never too late. Uh, And I was just more of a bookworm. So I was far more academic than I was an athlete. But I thought, well, I have this guy. He could be a head trainer. You know, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I can, you know, get this book called Business Plan for Dummies, and I can write. I can write a business plan. This is kind of before the internet. Um, and so I wrote a business plan um, based off of um, a lot of the research I was doing and reading. Um, some of the stuff that he would tell me. Uh, just everything in general. I was just trying to absorb everything. Um, And then I finally finished that business plan. Everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, you're never going to be able to get a loan. I I mean, I didn't have any money. Uh, So it was kind of going out there going, okay, I need an SBA loan to open Mm -hmm. this gym up. So that was hence why I had written the business plan. So I went into a bank and the banker, this is when you could go into a bank and the banker you sit with and they can mm-hmm. listen to your story and your pitch and yep. you can sell them on it. And evidently I sold him on the idea and uh, he felt really good about the, the project, the business plan. Um, he felt really good that I would pay the bank back. And so I got a, an SBA loan and that's how I opened my first boxing gym. Wow. Yeah, there's a long story before even being in the boxing I, ring. I know, right? And this was in Northern California, right? Yes, in Northern California, in Sacramento. Nice. That's where I'm originally from, so. Yep. For those of you that don't know, I am from the Sacramento area as well, and (laughs) also into Sacramento State, so. Back down. Yeah, so we (laughs) share that. So take us on the journey then of being this business owner for the first time, and, you know, being an entrepreneur in this space. I'm sure it had all the ups and downs and twists and turns. So let us, let us hear all about that. Wow. Uh, wow. It's such a, an interesting story. Um, I'll shorten it up as much as I can, uh, but coming, coming into the business world and let alone into the boxing world, um, obviously is very male dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here I am coming in as this 26 year old, uh, you know, wet behind the ears, not knowing anything about fitness or boxing. And it's kind of like, well, what does she know about anything? So, of course, I, you know, had lots of questioning, uh, even looking for a building. You know, it was really challenging trying to find a space because most of the realtors back then, too, for commercial space were men. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely more women now, which is great. But they would just, they were very condescending and kind of like, oh, yeah, you're yeah, right, you're going to open a gym. Oh, here's this building, this building, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't until I met a woman, um, Joanne Shapiro, who um, I brought on as my realtor. And she was amazing. She was so supportive. I mean, it was like having like, um, almost like a mother figure. Mm-hmm. And um, she just helped me so much just to try to find the right space. 
uh, and she actually found the right space for me. And uh, so I'll never forget her. She's wow. amazing. So it was, you know, already that kind of, you know, girl power, mm -hmm. female empowerment uh, was already happening. And, and it was amazing to, to have that kind of, um, to have the support. Um, you know, I didn't have really any support from friends or family, um, which is okay. You know, that it is what it is, but it was nice to have that from somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, so I opened the, the first gym and then, you know, of course we've got to do the tenant improvements. So then I'm dealing with, um, kind of being my own contractor and doing electrical and plumbing and laying concrete and building walls. Mm -hmm. um, so I learned a lot about a lot of things mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because I had a really tight budget. And so you, you tend to do that. You tend to learn a lot of things so that you don't have to pay somebody to do it for you. Yep. Uh, so went through that and opened the doors in about four months. Um, I did a lot of pre-marketing uh before this again before social media yeah so, right. you know i'm making flyers and i'm going out to different sporting events and giving flyers out and trying to get people to give me their phone number and their mm -hmm. name because not a lot of people had emails yet um <laughs> yeah, different. yeah oh yeah such a challenge uh but the first year of business i made a hundred thousand dollars Wow. And for me, coming from where I come from was pretty big. Uh, so I thought, wow, big. I think this is my calling. Maybe mm -hmm. this is what I'm good at. So we got really busy at the gym and the guy I brought in as a head trainer, he said, well, I'm, I need help on the floor. I need somebody to help me train. I need an assistant coach. And he said, it would it'd be best if you did it because, you know, I'm the owner, but, you know, a lot of people coming in the door I mean, they go, well, you own the gym, but what do you know about anything? Mm. It's kind of my turn to, to take that step in uh, to the ring, so to speak. And so he started to train me on being a coach. And then I started coaching um, adults. So we would, you know, we taught them boxing. Um, but then we also started to get a lot of kids coming into the center. And, uh, and they all wanted to be fighters. So now all of a sudden there's a boxing team and we have competitive boxers. Wow. So I'm in the corner with these kids fighting and uh, I felt like it was just a little hypocritical as a coach to not have participated in that sport and to coach somebody in the sport. And mm -hmm. therefore that is why I started to box competitively. So that is a super backwards story mm -hmm. to get to how I even became a boxer. Yeah. And it's, but it's so inspiring. I mean, yes, like the traditional world or like my route was from age six and I started, you know, gymnastics in and was a gymnast all the way up until 20, 20 something. So it, it's so inspiring though, that, you know, sport can be achieved at various points in life and, and what you, as far as like what you've created and again we'll get into everything that you have created and what you do now it's showing people that you can start like no matter the age it's never too late uh, so I love it I love this perspective because I think even for former athletes that retire from their sport they're like oh well now I'm not an athlete anymore and that's not the case right you can become an athlete in, in something else. So Right. And I do understand that, that aspect of, because then when I did become an athlete, mm -hmm. that became who I was. Right. And then all of a sudden it was Carrie the boxer. Yep. You know, and then the media, or if I had press or whatever, um, it was the Carrie is the boxer. And so it was a really tough thing that when I wasn't competing anymore, then a lot of people would say, oh, do you fight anymore? Or, you know, it was like an identity thing at that point. Really? So I completely understand that level of, you know, where you, you feel a bit lost, like, well, shit, should I be competing still? Yeah. You know, <laughs> should I yeah. still be fighting? Uh, because, you know, that identity thing. So I totally get it. Oh, yeah. You totally have been through, I would say, like the, the former athlete transition. And what's even you know, more interesting is that you're still very much in the world of it, but just in different, different aspects. So talk about how, you know, you started training, you became an athlete yourself, a boxer yourself. 
talk about your athlete career for a little bit and how that experience was for you. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is because I was older already. So I, I was already in my late twenties. Um, and we call boxing, um, and this is sexist, but we call it the, the young man's sport. Um, mm. And it's always been called that. So a lot of boxers will retire from the boxing ring by the time they're 30 to 35. Oh, wow. um, now it's a little different, right? We're obviously, we're being able to compete at, um, you know, older ages now. But, you know, in when I was competing in the Olympics, first of all, women weren't allowed to fight in the Olympics yet. Wow. When I was fighting, <laughs> and that only happened not that long ago. Mm -mm. Um, and then also there was an age limit. So 33 was the age limit of when you couldn't compete in amateur boxing, which is the, the entity USA boxing that takes you to the Olympics. Uh, so, you know, here I am starting boxing at like 29. Wow. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you, that's one of the things that kind of, that really, obviously it messes with your head a little like, geez, I'm really starting late. And then I was training with my boxing team. So I, I'm with teenagers and I'm training with them. Mm -hmm. I'm sparring with them. I'm running with them. Mm -hmm. And um, it, was, it was motivational. And it, like sometimes I would feel like, oh, my God, I can't even keep up. And then sometimes it would be super motivational because they were such great kids that, you know, they'd be like, all right, let's go, Carrie. Let's go. You can do it. You know, they were like the sweetest boxing team ever. Um, mostly boys, but we did have a couple of girls on the team, which was amazing. Um, uh, mostly all teenage years. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, being able to train with them and try to keep up with them all the time <laughs> was great. Yeah. So they, they, you know, made that level a little bit higher every time. Uh, so that's like one of the things I remember a lot about competing. Um, the other thing that I miss a lot though is the strategy of boxing. Um, I don't really miss the training. Don't get me wrong. It's really mm -hmm. hard training. Yeah. Uh, I don't always miss that, you know, running 14 miles every Sunday and then sparring afterwards. And, you know, and that's mm -hmm. just like your Sunday fun day. So right. it is a very um, demanding sport physically and mentally. Um, but I do miss the mental aspect of strategy in the boxing ring because mm -hmm. uh, it's super cognitive. And so it's like, you're out there in the ring and you're, it's like playing chess, you know, if I make this move, they're going to do this. And then I'm going to counter with this. Uh, so I miss that part of it for sure. Um, but yeah, not the training. <laughs> right. We, we very much all get to that point where we're like, I cannot wait till I don't have to do another rope climb, another <laughs> sprint. Like, so excited. But yeah, I mean, there's certain aspects of your sport like that. And it's just so interesting for me to hear like that uh, side of it, that it is cognitive and there is strategy involved. And I, you know, I, I talk about this in sport, how you have to connect like three major aspects, the, the mental game, the physical game and the emotional and the intuitive. And so when all of those are firing, you're just like in this amazing zone and I can totally relate in feeling like that zone and just reflecting back and being like that I felt on top of the world, right? Yeah, it, and it's amazing because you you look back at it and you go, wow, how could that even all happen? And how could I as a person, as a human, be able to feel those things all at once or just be able to accomplish just that state, you know? Right. Because that state of... Uh, being so physically strong and fast and mentally sharp mm -hmm. and like you said intuitive uh, you know all of that and and it fully makes you appreciate other athletes and other sports mm -hmm. you know that was one thing too that I realized is that I didn't appreciate athletes as much until I became an, a competitive athlete and then once I did then I would watch football and be like oh my god right. I can't believe what they're doing out there um, and just blown away at the athleticism, but also again, like intuitively being able to see the ball, know where it's going, you know, all of these different aspects of a game. Uh, and it's just for every single sport. It is that. So to be able to be in that um, space for that mm -hmm. moment is pretty phenomenal. 
Oh, yes. And I just look at, you know, kind of the where you were and your your teammates per se, you know, in their in their teens, but looking up at you and just being like, that's so inspiring, you know, and, you know, probably whether you realized it or not, you were a great role model for them. And what I mean, just what a cool experience to have and cool memories to have with with teammates that I guess looking at it wouldn't be the traditional sense, but you still, you know, like no matter the age, when you're on a team, like it doesn't, some of those things fall away, right? Mm -hmm. You're all in it together. You are all training. You're all running. You're all uh, being tapped out (laughs) to where you're just like, you know, at the end of your of your line sometimes, but so cool. I just like when I hear former athlete stories, I, I'm totally in my mind creating this movie, you know, of what that <laughs> looks like. And to me, it looks really, really special. So, it, Yes, it was. Yeah, hands down. So, and I think a lot of people don't realize that in boxing, you actually do have a team, you know, it is an individual sport. Once you get out in that boxing ring, it's just you, nobody can help you. Mm-hmm. So it is very individual, but you're training, you have a team that you train with. And so that team does, you know, become very special and they're there when you're fighting and they're cheering you on and, and helping you to get ready for that fight. So yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Very similar to gymnastics, individual yeah. sport, but, but you're a part of a club team or a college team of sorts. Exactly. So now I want to talk about, you know, evolving away from being an athlete and then you know how you still stayed very much involved with the sport but in a little bit of a different aspect (laughs) yeah uh so i um so i had my first gym and i was a trainer and then i started competing and i decided that i wanted to grow what i had created Mm -hmm. Um, and i wanted to share it with more people so i started opening more gyms so I ended up opening uh, three gyms um, within, I don't know, probably five to seven years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty big feat. Um, and they all did exceptionally well. I started franchising, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole nother uh, ball game in California. Wow. And, uh, and then the housing market crashed. And once that happened, yeah, the timing was just not right for growth. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it just didn't, it didn't progress from there. And I had to pull out of, you know, franchising. And, and then I ended up with just two gyms. And then, you know, you just kind of, you go, okay, well, you know, you, you have done so well, and you've been very successful, and you've worked really hard. And then all of it's just kind of gone is basically mm-hmm. what happened. Uh, so I had to do a lot of reflecting and a lot of kind of figuring out what do I want to do? Cause if I'm just going to have these two gyms and basically mm-hmm. I'm going to be pay- just kind of paying the bills back, right? You know, it gets, it got so far in and then the mm-hmm. crash. And then of course, then your business is not doing as well because there's not as many people coming cause everybody lost money. Mm-hmm. So it was a really tough time and, um, a really tough, like, two to three years of just going, wow, like really just sitting there going, what just happened with all the things that I just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, I used to make these shirts at the club um, that they said never too pretty to hit like a boy. Mm-hmm. Now, and the reason I made these shirts is because I would hear things at the gym, you know, I'd spar and people say, oh my God, they take my headgear off and they thought I was a boy until they saw that, you know, I was a girl. Um, you know, and back then, you know, that was a compliment. It's a very male dominated sport. So if someone says to you that you hit like a boy, or you fight like a boy, it's a compliment. And I understand now, you know, we have come to, you know, we realize now that it doesn't necessarily have to be that it can be like, mm-hmm. I'm a badass, like a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, back then it was quite the compliment. And, uh, I thought, well, I'm going to make some t-shirts, really fun shirts for the girls at the club. And they were great. Like everybody was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I love these. Uh, you know, cause a lot of, um, female boxers, um, if they appear to be, 
um, quote unquote feminine. Uh, initially, people say, well, you know, you're obviously you can't be a boxer. You can't be good at it because you you look yeah. too feminine or you're too pretty or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, so that's pretty much why I came up with this, you know, little saying. So I was selling those at the club. And um, again, after about a few years of figuring out what I wanted to do, I thought, you know, I, I think I want to put some energy into this um, never too pretty movement. Mm -hmm. And so I started a, a brand called too pretty and I started to make more shirts and halter tops and so on. And at that point I had moved to Santa Monica uh, and I opened the, the stables, the boxing club in Santa Monica. It's much smaller than the clubs that I had up North. Uh, I tried to run the clubs that I had up north uh, from afar, and it was really hard to do. Yeah. So I ended up uh, selling them for, I mean, pennies on the dollar to a couple of the guys that had been youngsters at my clubs, and then they became coaches and they became managers. Um, so now they own the clubs that I had up there. So it's kind of like paying it forward a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. they were, uh, you know, so instrumental in the growth of the clubs and. Um, so it was like they were family to me. Yeah. So uh, moved to Santa Monica, had this small club, and um, started this brand and started this whole movement, this female empowerment movement. And this was in about two, what are we in now? Trees. Wow. So it was around 2013. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and then just kind of rolled with that. I was like, well, I'll just train people at the club. And, you know, this is what I know how to do. This is, you know, I'm, really good at this right so this is what I'll be doing um this is you know but this is a passion of mine I really want to spread the movement of you know just the message of for all the girls out there whether they're skateboarding or they're boxing or they're race you know they're, they're race car drivers or doctors or whatever they are right. um, it was more of that message of just mm -hmm. saying hey you're never too pretty and it's it's not that you have to be pretty like this the, the term pretty to me means feminine so like when a when there's a little girl and you're pushing a little girl down the street and someone goes, Oh, she's so pretty. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, not, it's just something that we do as humans when we see a little girl. Right. Right. But it, it just, um, it has this connotation of like fragile. Right. Um, um, feminine is great. I love being feminine. Um, I'm a female. I love being feminine, but, um, fragile, not so much. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah. And just seeing, <laughs> Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really more about right. being, being feminine, but being strong at the same time. And that's okay. Like that they can go hand in hand um, right. be powerful in a lot of different ways and still be feminine. So that was the whole, the whole story. message behind it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is so cool. I mean, just, just in, from like a life perspective, like things obviously changed very much for you. Things changed for everyone around <laughs> that time. I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy, but how you, how one thing led to another, right? How your experience of being a woman in this space mixed with, you know, something that you enjoyed doing, creating tank tops, evolved into its own business. Right. <laughs> Which is so cool. And honestly, like that is probably one of my favorite, um, or it's just very inspiring to me to hear this, this journey, because I think there's a lot of, a lot of us, at least for me, kind of in this landscape, there's a lot of us that want and feel like they want to be entrepreneurs or create or, you know, make an impact and how sometimes that doesn't always happen. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't always happen in the way that we think it's going to. <laughs> <That's> right? <true. laughs> You're like, yeah. So I, I love hearing that part of your story and, and I very much over the past couple of years have kind of looked at certain aspects of entrepreneurship as very much like a sport, right? And, you know, it, being knocked down, getting back up, uh, spreading the message or spreading, you know, your mission, even though it's really hard. <laughs> 
and staying consistent when you're discouraged. Yeah, right. absolutely. I think it, being an entrepreneur and athlete, like go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. There's so many similarities to it because you'll feel like you failed at, you know, like you're in training and you feel like, oh, my training really sucked today, you know, but it's kind of like, well, you can't let that affect you tomorrow and mm-hmm. you're going right back to it tomorrow um, and staying consistent with it, you know, so you, you're, you're doing your business but you're not seeing the progress that you want to see yet. And so you get a little frustrated and you get impatient. But the thing is that you know that if you just stay with it, stay consistent, stay dedicated to it, eventually it will happen. And I think they really, really go hand in hand and the similarities are, are, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, really, really much, so much the same. It is. And just in because, you know, when whenever we're trying to grow a brand or a business, like it is every single day. And there are days where you still believe in your miss, mission and what you're doing. And I resemble again with sport. There are days that I love gymnastics, but was struggling with the process. And, mm-hmm. and that's extremely similar to at least for for me and granted you know building her sports story and just connecting with people and trying to spread a message of community and lifting one another up and all around the the concept and the theme of sport it's it's still very challenging and (laughs) and I'm sure you know you've kind of experience this where it seems so um it seems so gosh so either easy or like oh yeah that's just the brand they have and it looks great Um, but on the back side of that brand is your sweat your tears (laughs) your money yeah so absolutely yeah it's hard um because I think like Too Pretty Brand and what you do are very similar because I think we're more focused on it being more of a message and a community builder and um, touching people, touching women, touching girls. And that's not really a moneymaker. Right. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, I'll be very frank. It's, you know, Too Pretty is not a brand that makes money. Mm-hmm. It's a brand that survives enough to have a message to spread the message and to also allow um, us to have a female community where the girls and women can share their experiences and their stories on our social media and so on. So, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a very, very tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's where your heart's at and you know right. that it's something that needs to be done and it should be done. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot to a lot of people. Right. So, um, so we keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I totally understand. And, you know, and, and figuring that out early on for me, knowing that that, you know, that wasn't going to be something that was, it wasn't going to help me make a living. Like we Mm -hmm. all have to make a living, you know? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I have my club, um, but still at the same time, that's one club. And, and I've always been the person that wants to spread whatever knowledge that I have, whether it's about business, boxing, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. um, I want to spread it to as many people as I can. You know, if I have gone through all these experiences, I don't want it to be for nothing. Right. So I, um, I, well, it's kind of a long story, but, um, I started a, a format. It's a, like a group fitness format called boxing and barbells. And, um, my boyfriend is an IFBB pro bodybuilder. So he took me through a weight training program like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, Oh babe, your posture is not very good. Well, but as a boxer, you actually roll your shoulders forward. Mm-hmm. And so it does create not a very good posture. Uh, and he's, and I had a lot of injuries and he said, well, mm-hmm. let's do a weight training program and get, every, you know, get all of those aches and pains to go away. I trained with him for, about a year and a half and like every day we would go and train together so I learned so much about weight training um the benefits of it it transformed my body a lot of my injuries were gone um and I learned to appreciate that sport even more so um 
And at my club at the stables, I, well, so I started doing the workouts with my boxing. So I was doing the boxing, the weight training. I was kind of mixing them up together and I loved it. And it was, you know, it was amazing. So I took it to my club as far as to my members. And I would just take them through this program that I created and they loved it. They just like, Oh my God, this is so great. We get to lift weights. We're hitting the bag. We're doing boxing. Um, and then it just, it kind of grew from there. So I told Damien, uh, I said, look, we've got to come up with some sort of program. Let's, let's really make it into a format and let's grow this. Let's get boxing and barbells classes going across the globe. And this just happened at the end of last year where this kind of epiphany happened. We created a course manual and so on. So we've been actually certifying trainers to teach this format uh, since December. Uh, so it's been what, like eight months, I guess. And um, we've already got over a hundred trainers certified and we've got some big, bigger chain clubs that um, gyms that have been looking at the program that are thinking about putting it into their, onto their group fitness schedule. Um, the thing I love about the program is that it is very authentic to both sports, mm. which is a big thing for me because in 20 years in the sport, I have been uh, told that I needed to do this. I need to do that. You need to add this. You need to do that. You need to water it down. I mean, it always became this thing about watering down my sport. Mm. Um, you, need to, you need to turn the lights out. You need to add the music. You need to, you know, uh, don't critique them so much. You don't need to worry about form. You know, it basically was bastardizing my sport, and um, and you'll see it all over the place. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's pretty rampant right now because boxing's become fitness. It literally has become fitness, and so uh, which is great because it brings more people to the sport, at least what they think the sport is. Mm -hmm. So that is amazing, and I wanted to create something that was still very authentic to my sport, but was easy to learn for trainers and then easy to learn for members and was able to come up with this really awesome program. So I'm super proud of it because it's um, to be able to come up with something that is um, for more of the masses, but still mm -hmm. authentic to that sport is a real hard thing to do. Um, so just taking all of my knowledge and all of my um, training experience and, you know, just a month ago, I learned how to teach the hook, the left hook in a better way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years, but when you work with so many people and you do it so many times over and over again, and you watch mechanics of um, people's bodies and their movement, mm -hmm. you can figure out lots of different shortcuts to teach them to do something correctly, right. but in a faster way. And so that's pretty much what, that's my big project now. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm working on right now. <laughs> I know. I remember when I first kind of, when we first connected and I was looking at your Instagram and like you had, uh, you had all these things. I was like, she is doing all of this. <laughs> she has a gym, she has this clothing line and she has this basically, you know, coaching instructors kind of program. And, but it, but it all makes sense, you know? <laughs> and looking at your, your history and your journey and uh, where it's all kind of led you now. Like it, it only makes sense that you would create this framework to share with the world and to share with instructors who then can continue to spread the message. And I totally can relate in aspects of, you know, boxing kind of being a, I imagine, again, kind of outsider, but very technical and there's certain form. And like, when you say, when someone told you like form doesn't matter, matter as a gymnast, I'm like, oh, what? Like, no, I need, I need very, like, very good form. And in all honesty, like when I watch some things in CrossFit that are gymnastics oriented, and I'm like, say so they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I'm glad that you can do it, but you know, from being a gymnast for 15 plus years, I see exactly where the form should be or what would help you kind of get that skill a little cleaner and hopefully with a little bit of more ease and less risk of injury. <laughs> right. You yes. know, so which is exactly I imagine what, you know, your program in addition to what your boyfriend's aspects bring is this format of 
a complete understanding of both sports so that you're able to deliver it in an understandable method so that others can learn it easier. Yes, that was really well said. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my, the, the wheels were turning in my brain to try to formulate that, but thank you. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so I would love to hear for, you know, the instructors that you are, you know, training or the instructors that are able to gain access to the program. Are there certain, um, I would say, I guess, qualities that you look for in your instructors? Well, so for new instructors coming in that are getting certified, mm -hmm. we don't require them to have any boxing knowledge. Mm. We don't require them to have any knowledge whatsoever uh, because the way the program is formulated uh, as far as coaching the coaches is that starting from nothing and not having any bad habits, mm. it actually is so much more beneficial and if somebody comes in and say they're a former boxer or they're whatever, or like they're teaching cardio boxing, yeah, it makes it a little more challenging because they're coming in with all of that. And then it's kind of going, mm, let's like correct that. And they mm -hmm. already got like that muscle memory going on. Mm -hmm. So that makes it far more challenging. Um, not that it's not doable. I and mean, we have plenty of that, you know, plenty of trainers who come in that way. Um, and then they go, whoa, they're just blown away at how much they learn in the one day course. Um, and then we'll have trainers who come in with zero experience at all, feel very intimidated and nervous. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they get done, they feel super confident that they could actually teach one of the classes. And that makes me feel good that, you yeah. know, somebody can come in not knowing anything and being super nervous, like I'm never going to be able to teach this. And then at the end of the day going, you know what, I can um, that's a really great feeling, um, as an instructor of an instructor. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's not really a requirement, um, mm -hmm. you know, for anybody to come into, to go through the course. Um, and then we don't just certify people. So it's not like, oh, you come to the course for a day and you automatically like, boom, stamp of approval, you get a certification. Mm -hmm. We have like a 50, 50 ratio of people who actually will pass that day because they have mm -hmm. to do mock training and they have to actually train people. We have to see, you know, how are they teaching it? You know, are they actually looking the part, you know, are they able to correct form those sorts of things? Right. And then the others, they, they practice more at home when they get home and then they send us a video that we critique. Um, so it's not just like, you know, you just pay for a certification. We make sure that they have it down and they can teach it. Mm, so good. Because I know a lot of former athletes and myself included, like this is very attractive to us, right? To, yeah. you know, pick up yet another skill that not only keeps us kind of active, but also is challenging us and then we're able to coach. Yeah. And, but what's so funny and myself included, so gosh, almost maybe, let's see, eight or nine months ago, I did like a bar instructor certification. And oh my goodness, I've never felt like such a noob. So like when, <laughs> when you said that, when you have, you know, people come in and they just are like, how in the world am I going to do this? Exactly. Uh, I, I totally get it. And, you yeah, know, yeah. it's so funny because like you think you're like, oh, I'm an athlete. And like, I can, I can do this. I can do all of this. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm an athlete. I got right. it. Why not? But then flipping the, the script and learning when to cue and how to cue mm. and doing, you know, the correct kind of demonstrations along with that. It was a very humbling experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely at the end of it I was like wow I haven't really felt like a, a newbie in something in a long time yeah and it was honestly refreshing and I'm still working on you know becoming uh certified in certain classes and whatnot so yeah I I love it it translates so well to athletes and it is that that next step or it can serve as a next step for athletes kind of former athletes transitioning away or looking to find something that resonates with their heart and that they believe in um, to share with you know whoever they're coaching so, right exactly so cool. completely agree yeah 
So I would love to hear kind of like your your vision for boxing in barbells <laughs> as you know maybe the stables. Um, what is what is something that is on your heart that you're like this would be incredible if it happened? <laughs> or, like, rephrase that when it happens. <laughs> right when it happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, ideally, at the end of the day, I would love to be in as many uh, gyms as possible mm -hmm. on their, you know, their group fitness uh, class schedule. Um, you know, all of the big ones, of course, would be great. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Not any names, but uh, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, right now I'm in discussion with some of the, the chains that have maybe 30 to 50 clubs, um, which is still great. Um, if we get that kind of momentum going, you know, I really, yeah, I just want to see the class being offered, um, all over the place. Um, I just worked with a trainer out of Saudi Arabia mm. and they, they own one of the larger gyms in Saudi Arabia. And so we'll be more than likely they're going to host us and we're going to go out there and train trainers out there, uh, which is going to be amazing because, you know, there's really when you go to another country, they're doing things newly. Like this isn't something that they've really heard of. It's brand new. They love new stuff. And, you know, then they have American trainers coming over and, you know, it's like, wow, I have, wait, there's this boxer and there's this bodybuilder and there's this program. So, um, I think that's going to really help a lot. Um, and that'll be happening like early next year. Uh, but also, um, a couple of the other, like, you know, gym chains, um, will be doing like first quarter of next year. So it's, you know, slowly growing in that direction. Uh, but it's, you know, it's so new, um, that, you know, I really, I think of it just being this year that we've been working on it. And, you know, you think about, I don't know, um, I'm thinking of like some of the, the more popular, like group fitness formats, like Zumba or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're behemoth. I mean, they're just massive and huge. Um, and I know that like, I don't see like boxing and barbells getting to that level because we're not, we can't cater to that kind of mass. Right. Cause it's not just a dance class. Mm -hmm. So, but it definitely is going to be, um, masses as far as it'll still outreach what like a boxing fan would be or a weight training fan or a bodybuilding fan. Uh, because boxing is just so hot right now. It's just, like I said, it's just the workout for everybody to do now. And a lot of women are starting to lift weights. They're starting to understand that strong is beautiful. Strong is pretty, you know, strong is the way to be. And, um, speaking of strong, I don't know if you know, strong magazine, but, um, uh, I will be in it with like six pages of, with the boxing and barbells workout. Oh, and, yeah. um, yeah in the October issue I believe oh, so, amazing. yeah <laughs> so cool. yeah so it's gonna be amazing so we did a boxing and barbells workout uh -huh. uh, which will be like that'll be kind of the first big press uh, for the program so I'm really hoping to get you know a little momentum on that and you know be on Good Morning America yeah right I mean we need to do That's a boxing and barbells program on Good Morning America <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, I could totally see it. It'll happen. It's going to happen. Right. Oh, so cool. Well, you know, I, I absolutely have so much, you know, respect for, for where you are now and everything that you have done to get there. And I would love for you to just, just maybe share any advice for, either a former athlete kind of going through this transition of trying to figure out what they want to do, or if they have something on their heart to, you know, be an entrepreneur and share their message with the world, yet they're just starting that. What maybe advice do you have for them? One thing uh, that always uh, really kind of sticks out in my mind is to not listen to what other people say. Mm. Because, um, I mean, sometimes it's positive. That's great. Um, but a lot of times it's, you'll get the face or like, oh, you sure you want to do that? Or I don't think that's going to work. Uh, so you'll get, you will get that. And even if it's only one person that does it, we tend to allow it to manifest in our minds. Um, so I always say, don't ever give a shit about what anyone says to you or what anyone thinks of you. Like really don't. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. I'm living my life. You mm -hmm. live your life. Um, I was told by somebody that when somebody is negative toward you, toward what you're doing, that it is a sign of their own limitations. And so now I, that's just in my head, you know, mm -hmm. if somebody is negative toward anything that I'm doing, then they just obviously can't do it themselves. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's really just don't give a shit about what anybody thinks of you, honestly. <laughs> mm. It's so good. And, you know, especially being an athlete, when we had like those coaches say certain things, we were like, oh, that is the end all be all, right? So <laughs> it's so funny to, you know, get evolved to, you know, becoming an adult, becoming your own person and creating your beliefs or re kind of wiring some of your beliefs to where mm -hmm. anything is possible. Like if you yeah. can dream it and you want to do it, you know, more power to you. Do not let the naysayers, like you said, uh, deter you. But no, and I, and I think for any athlete, if you can be an athlete in your sport, mm -hmm. you can pretty much do anything. Yep. Right. I mean, so if you're questioning, I mean, think about when you're an athlete in a sport, you're a risk taker. I mean, yeah. no, no, no question about it. You're a risk taker because you're risking losing something. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's one of the biggest things in our mind. Like a lot of people won't do something because they don't want to lose at it, but you've already done that. You've yeah. already competed in your sport. You've won, you've lost, you've gone through that. You're no longer scared of losing. So being an entrepreneur is the same thing. Being a business is the same thing. You just kind of have to go in with no fear. You go in and you put the work in and you're diligent and consistent and you make it happen. And mm -hmm. it's, it's the similarity between the two is, um, is right on point. Mm. So good. Well, you know, with that mic drop there, uh, before, <laughs> before we kind of sign off here, please let our audience know where they can find you, where they can follow you. Yes. Uh, so my personal uh, social media handles are, it's Carrie Lee Williams, C-A-R-Y-L-E-E -E Williams. And now my first name is not Carrie Lee. Although when I get messages on Instagram, it's Carrie Lee because yeah. I use my middle name. And mm -hmm. the reason I don't use Carrie Lee is because, uh, or I'm sorry, Carrie Williams is because there is a famous football player yes. <laughs> <laughs> with the yeah. same spelling and the same name as me. So mm -hmm. he took it. Uh, so Carrie Lee Williams is what it is for everything. Um, and then boxing in barbells. So just the letter in boxing in barbells is uh, social media handles for, um, for everything. And then uh, two pretty brands, T-O-O -O, pretty brand is our handle for all of the two pretty social media. Perfect. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that one, we connected. Two, we are continuing to share our messages with just incredible people. And I'm so excited that the Her Sports Story tribe got a glimpse into your amazing journey. And oh, I, I just absolutely love talking about it. And I love to, you know, to share it with, uh, with your audience. And, you know, hopefully it, it strikes a chord with somebody. Um, and if it's just one or two people, that is amazing. <laughs>